Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. Welcome back, guys, to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we dive in the trenches with gym owners. We talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly sides of the business of fitness. I'm your host, Austin Montero. Today, we're joined by Jason, Jason Cronin from Body Express Wellness Solutions in Nashville, Tennessee. Jay, what's going on, man? Uh, I'm doing great, Austin. Have, thank you for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. You got it, man. Uh, looking forward to this conversation. We spoke off camera here a little bit about what you got going on, so I'm excited to hear about it. So let's just dive in, man, and we'll start. You know, being an entrepreneur in this space obviously is not easy. So just tell us and the listeners why you got started in this business, why you wanted to go down this path of uh, owning gyms and being an entrepreneur in the fitness space. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, when I started, I actually went to school for exercise science. Good. I'm an undergrad and my master's in exercise science. And I worked for gyms my whole time in college. Pretty much I uh, worked for gyms. I worked for spas. I did classes. And then eventually I said to myself, I always want to own my own gym. I was eager to be an entrepreneur right out of college. And uh, I love the fact that I got experience on my own. And owning a gym was really difficult. But what I did is after in like 2004, I opened up my own gym. And I opened it up with podiatrist, a chiropractor, a juice bar. I uh, actually had a big fitness area, a group fitness area, group classes, massage therapy. So I, I pretty much opened the wellness center in 2004. And I kept expanding it and bigger and bigger and bigger. And that experience really helped me for learning about the gym business, but I had really little experience. So I learned as I went, basically learn as you go. It's a uh, just got to learn as experience. That's pretty much how I started. And I love the fitness industry. I did martial arts my whole life. I got a black belt in karate and kickboxing and uh, taekwondo. And I just kept going with it. And that's what kept me healthy. And that's awesome. I'm still doing it today. I'm still doing it to this day. That's great, man. In 2004, uh, the fitness world was a lot different than 2022. Any, you know, being a gym owner yourself for that long, any big differences differences that you see from 2004 opening a gym to, to your business now in 2022? When I opened my gym in 2004, the competition was hauling none. There was four gyms in my town in East Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania. Right. And then one, before I moved in 2013, basically probably around 2013, there was a, probably about 20 gyms, about 10 franchises and about 10 more mom and pop gyms in the same area. Yeah. Competition just got so crazy. And, uh, I eventually had the opportunity to leave by default because my owner, the owner of the building came back and said, Hey, you got 30 days to move out because I'm selling the building to uh, a physical therapy company. And then there we go. And I, and I moved to Nashville. That's yeah. it. So we moved South. Yeah. So that's, yeah. One of these things that happen. It's do you like Nashville better than where you were previously? I do like Nashville a lot, but the saturation is insane. You have, it's like churches. You have a gym on every corner. Every corner, I know. <laughs> so, yeah, how do you deal with competition in such a competitive landscape? I think you hit the nail on the head. Jason was like, yeah, 2004, you know, I remember those times. Wasn't many gyms. No, like, I'm sure it's 10x since then. So, like, um, let's, go, let's go into, like, I guess your services now that makes you unique, right? So, uh, you're in the Nashville area, highly competitive. It's a growing state and city, like, I think top five or 10 in the country for sure. And obviously fitness is a bigger thing, uh, a big thing in that city. So uh, let's run down the services that you do offer right now with Body Express Wellness Solutions. Sure. 
Um, I do a, a little different. I try to do a holistic side of things. I call myself a holistic wellness and fitness coach, even though I'm an exercise physiologist, try to do more of a wellness mindset model. And I do the uh, group training, individual training classes. I just started doing a caregiver wellness program for caregivers okay. uh, to help out like nurses, uh, practitioners that take care of people in their homes, businesses, or even family members that take care of their elderly family or special needs family. Yep. And also focus with corporations and corporate individuals that work from home or travel and entrepreneurs. So yep. pretty much the high stress, high anxiety, burnout uh, type of individual that's trying to avoid those things so they can work and function. And I offer kickboxing and self-defense as well. Yep. And I travel around different locations to other gyms and also other locations. And I do share a space to do my classes and I also go to the park and train clients outside. So overall, it's an individual group and also specialized training classes, like so boot camps. Yeah, a lot going on so we can serve a lot of people. Of mm -hmm. all those services, Jason, which one is like your bread and butter? Is there one that stands above the rest as far as you know, bringing in revenue and the most people are in that program? Yeah, that would be the individual, personal, small buddy training, two people training, either online or in person. That seems to be the go-to one-on-one -on -one. yeah great yeah one-on-one -on -one, yeah so let's talk about so we have uh the mobile piece sh shared space physical brick and mortar if you will and then the outdoor piece um let's just go through each one like uh what's the mobile program look like how far do you drive do you go to corporations do you go to people's homes do you meet them do they come to do you meet them elsewhere how's your mobile program set up because i know you said it was kind of virtual too as well yeah i do a virtual version uh which yeah. is awesome because it's all around the world yeah. I used to have two diesel buses uh, that actually turned into mobile gyms in the past, and I would drive to the corporation or business or park. Yeah. They would work out with me in the bus and outside the bus, which was really nice. And then I had an RV trailer that I did mobile, and uh, that was working well. But I had a lot of mechanical failures with those buses, and I was like, I'm not doing this. So I still travel to the business, and I set up in their house or outside at the park and still work out with them that way. It yeah. works out pretty well. I have a big Tundra pickup truck nice. and I have a lot of equipment with me and I bring it with me or just utilize what I have available at yeah. their house or park and be creative. That's very cool. Yeah. I spoke with somebody uh, a few weeks back. You know, uh, man, what's that thing Chuck Norris pushes the- uh, Oh yeah, Total Gym. Total yeah. Gym. So this yeah. fellow, he would, uh, same thing, he had a pickup. He would bring Total Gyms uh, and put them outside and they would do classes in like a parking lot. And this was back in the day, like 2003, four times. And they would do them. Uh, so I thought that was pretty, you know, definitely unique idea, creative idea from, you know, a, a gym business owner. So, so we had that mobile program. Uh, do you charge more for the mobile program since you have to drive and gas nowadays is obviously through the roof. So what is the Yeah, I try to charge about $10 more if okay. I can uh, for the driving. Okay. Uh, sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't. Depends on how close it is. Uh, yeah. But a lot of times I try to charge at least $10 more so that I can cover my gas cost sure. and make a little extra to do that mobile session. How, how, how big of a radius, how far will you go for that? I've traveled up to about 45 to an hour. Okay, all right. Uh, for some events like boot camps and uh, yeah. special programs. I worked a lot with special needs kids with Down syndrome, autism, okay. uh, different um, types of abilities. And I used to travel about an hour, 45 minutes for special yeah. programs like that. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, the shared space. So you, you share space with a physical therapy practice, right? Um, yeah. What type of space do you get? Do you just get to use the space that they have there? I know they have probably a, a little gym in there, normally typical physical therapy setup. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, are you doing most of the one-on-one, two-on-ones in the physical space? Yeah, a lot of my clients before COVID hit, I actually had a lot of clients in there. They do have an actual nice gym, like a group fitness room. They have the TRX straps. They have the weights. They have a separate room with just four weights, like a, like a weightlifting room. Nice. And they have a bunch of therapy rooms and a boxing room, which I did my kickboxing. Yeah. That's and it works out cool. well. Yeah. yeah. I pay per hour to rent out the space. Yeah. And uh, it works out pretty well that way. Yeah. Any thoughts to uh, getting a brick and mortar of your own, we'll say, again down the road? Is that part of the plan, maybe? I thought about it, but with the competition and the really heavy-duty rent, the cost of rent has gone up like you wouldn't believe it. I believe it. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> Nuts. Crazy. I mean, uh, even here I am, like, uh, warehouse space is going for, like, 20 bucks a square foot, which is oh, insane. Wow. Like, when I opened my first gym, warehouse space in my town was, like, 495 a square foot. It's nuts. It's yeah. crazy, man. So, yeah, it sounds like you have a good setup with, uh, obviously, the mobile piece, shared space. You kind of, you know, pay, pay per session. And now, outdoor, outside, we're doing boot camps and different um, events and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the outside's great. Uh, as long as the weather is nice. I was training up until the cold weather hit. Yeah. And then we would just p- pavilions. The one park I go to in Mount Juliet it has pavilions everywhere. So each pavilion is like a little space. Very cool. Which is awesome. You push the chairs away and you have a little outdoor park, a uh, little outdoor gym. Yep. And it's perfect. And I use the trails, the track, uh, the benches, the. Awesome. They ha- and they have a whole boot camp thing there where you can actually do battle ropes and the TRX and uh, everything at the park. Dude, and you get to be outside. And like, that's to me, that's like real fitness, you know, especially people. Oh, yeah. I think we, I think in the United States, we spend average person like 97% of our time indoors which is crazy so to get outside and work out I think it's just incredible man so I love that and so we have a lot of programs going on Jason uh you have a ton of experience uh, in this industry how right now are you going about advertising to get new faces new clients get new people coming in the door it's so to so to speak what's kind of like your advertising and marketing philosophy right now what I'm trying to do is actually motivational inspire and motivational speaking I'm going to try and get on some stages to actually talk about what I do and offer my course, my uh, 12-week wellness coaching course. Or cool. I'm trying to get out there. I even go to businesses and offer them like a free presentation to actually get out there. Yeah. Uh, I was re- recommended yesterday to send out a postcard. They said if you send out a large jumbo postcard and then call the business up and say, hey, I sent this postcard. Would you like me to come out, talk to you for 15 minutes about what we offer? Yeah. You can give your employees an, um, a workout or a program. And all different options. But my biggest thing I'm trying to get on stage is to build motivational speaking to motivate people to work out, stay healthy, and offer my services that way. Yeah, that's pretty cool, man. Like, uh, obviously, if we can bring awareness to, like, health and wellness and fitness, I think it's so I think it's, I think it's a top priority in the world, if, if, if we're being honest. And um, so with the postcard mailing to the companies, obviously, it's a nice little icebreaker, right, for you to, to kind of get in the door, right? Um, has that worked so far? How has that process been like for you so far to get into these corporations? Because hard, it's hard to do. Right? It's not easy. It did in the past. Um, I haven't tried it again yet, but yesterday it was referred to me actually because I was asking about doing lunch and learns. And the one lady was a dentist. She said, I don't like lunch and learn. She's like, I don't want to sit there for 15 minutes, eat my lunch real quick and go back to lunch. Right. And I think nowadays she said to send that postcard out and then call them up. I might even just walk in the door and give them some material or drop off maybe something, a snack with my card in it. And something for them to look at, but don't have to hear me talk until they, and if they want my services, I'll call them up and say, hey, would you like me to come back later on and we'll talk more about it. 
So is that your main target right now is going to be focusing on that corporate wellness piece, uh, getting into as many businesses, corporations as you can? I'm trying to, yeah. I'm trying to go the corporate wellness route and the caregiver route where focusing on helping people that are high stress jobs. And also I'm really targeting the in-home businesses as well, trying to work with some social media or one-on-one -on -one referrals, trying to ask my clients that I have now to refer clients similar to who they are. Got it. Yeah. Referral. Yeah, referral. Most clients better to get referrals than it is to cold call or walk in or. Yeah, cold calling is tough, right? It's not, it's not easy. It's uh, and cold knocking uh, is yeah. always hard too. Like it's what I call it. Like, you know, like if you're running for political office or something, you got to go knock on those doors. Same idea. Um, yeah, with the caregiver program and the high, you know, people that are stressed out, high anxiety from work, life, what have you. Uh, just talk to us about that program a little bit. Sure. Yeah, I actually uh, worked with a few uh, clients in the past that actually were caregivers. And then they also brought their uh, client to the gym with them and I always said to them why don't you work out with them like why are you so stressed out and maxed out and they're getting the benefit and you're not right and I really wanted to focus on them as well because majority of caregivers are stressed they're burnt out they need a lot of help with their weight loss and their blood sugar and high blood pressure and I'm really trying to tap into that area where help them first I always say that if you don't take care of yourself first yeah. you can't take care of anyone else if you're sick and burnt out you're not going to be able to go to work yeah. you're going to have maxed out and definitely need that assistance 100 and i'm thinking that's it's a good market i already have a lot of clients that do take care of family members it's just getting them to believe that they need to work out as well yeah i agree i think that's great um and stick on the marketing piece just a little bit longer I, I just think it's so important and like i always am in the, of the belief after marketing pretty much all the time because like we said the industry is so saturated right it's like we have to show our uniqueness and all that good stuff. Have you ever, have you used any digital marketing? Obviously, we have Facebook, we have Instagram, we have Google, we have TikTok now. Biggest platforms in the world. Uh, Spotify, we can market on. I've been starting to hear a lot of ads on Spotify, you know, locally for realtors, for gyms. Uh, just as I'm working out, I, I don't ha I have the free version of Spotify, so uh, you get those ads. But what is digital marketing? Have you used it? Um, how, how's that been for you? I've used Facebook in the past. It was okay, but it wasn't a great, but I was told if you do Facebook, you have to be consistent and pay at least $20 a day to actually have any good ad, ad campaign out there and yeah. do it for at least two months yeah. or so and be consistent with it. Uh, I haven't done it long enough to really get a good return. Mine is mostly referral based yeah. and also trying to uh, go do group sessions, like, like, sure. free, like I say for a free boot camp for an organization. Yeah. Yeah. And then I try to get them to come back to me. That has helped me better than doing digital marketing. But I do know digital marketing works if you know what you're doing. Right. But I would probably hire someone that you trust that won't rip you off to do it. For sure. It does work if you want to get the right clientele. Yeah. But I just, I'm not good at that. That's where I would have a professional do it for me. Yeah, 100%. It's a skill like everything else, right? Like, uh, like we're coaches. We have skill coaching. If you're an athlete, you have a skill doing that. If you're... Uh, any other line of work, it's a, it's a skill that needs to work. And the algorithm changes by the, by the second, it seems like today. It's crazy, you know? So uh, awesome, man. So, uh, so Jason, with, with this business, I'm interested to hear about, obviously, retention is a core tenant of the fitness business, right? With hard enough to get the client, then we have to work hard to keep them. And I think it's like a, a, daily, a daily practice, right? So with the mobile clients, with the clients in, um, in your space there, with the outdoor clients, how has retention been for you and how have you best been able to keep clients for a, a longer amount of time? Retention for me has been fairly, um, 
the COVID thing kind of kicked kicked me in a yeah. little bit, but overall it kicked everybody. Oh, yeah. uh, retention, I have, I've had clients for six, seven years, and that's because they met with me twice, three times a week. I follow up with them uh, through text messages. How are you feeling today? Oh, I'm sore today. I'm th- that's normal to be sore. Yeah. Start, and I, te- I give them little tips. Say, hey, stretch out, warm up, do this, do this, yeah. and give them little tips to kind of help with the soreness, be more interactive with them. I also allow them to say, hey, text me when you need to, uh, to find a, if you need to talk about what's going on. I also try to give them, I do have a virtual uh, gym app and, and also nutrition app that I have them on and they follow that whenever I'm not working out with them. Oh, trying awesome. to, and gives them programs with videos yeah. and I can give them a program when they're traveling. And also trying to just keep encouraging them that they're gonna get to their goals and help them the best you possibly can. If they start to slack off, then say, hey, I really need your help because some of my clients are super busy and they own businesses and they are, focus so much on their business that sometimes they forget about themselves and they keep reminding them that you're doing this for yourself right. and just reassuring them constantly. Yeah. And I've held on to a lot of people that way, just being a person and being considerate and being genuine about who you are and trying to help them as best you possibly can. Yeah, man, hundred percent. Like being authentic, I think is huge in this industry. And I think there's not much of it. So like, I think when we are authentic, it really comes across and people, people know that, that we really care. And just having conviction in what we're doing and how we're trying to serve them, you know. I love that you said, Jason, about like communicating with clients through text, through your apps, um, whether it's the nutrition side of things or uh, just checking in, you know, or if they missed a workout or just checking in and say hi, you know. Like, I think that's the number one most important part of retention is the communication we have back and forth, like building, you know, building their relationship, if you will. So I, I love that you said that, man. Do you do any... Um, I'm a big, I was a big event guy. Like I, I used to put on a ton of events, like CrossFit competitions and uh, uh, barbecues and charity events and blah, blah, blah. Do you do any scheduled events throughout the year? I know last two years have been probably not so many, but you know, before that, and then maybe moving here into the future, hopefully things are getting back to some normalcy. Uh, any events you've done or plan to do to just kind of keep engagement clients engaged, whether in the gym or outside of the gym? When I was in Pennsylvania at my gym, we would actually put a outdoor wellness fair together nice. and have other businesses come in or also do our own, where I had one lady come in with a trike, one of those triking things that you see, the, the three-wheeled bikes or scooters, yeah. and we were teaching people how to do that. We had a big pop tent with free food. Uh, we had cooking demos. We yeah. had massage therapy. We had class demos. So I would open up the whole gym as if it was a wellness fair yeah. and also invite some other people in too as well to share their products and services and do a wellness fair with people. I would love to do that again. The one thing on my list is a retreat. I like is trying to put together a retreat somewhere, a yeah. nice location to get people to come to, talk about wellness, fitness, mind and body. Yeah. And I'm hoping to do that in the future. And I would like to put together an event. That would be great. I always thought about doing a 5K or something else, yeah. but you need a lot of team members. You need a lot of help, a lot of volunteers. Yeah. Uh, having a bunch of people team up with you, that's a would be a great event as well. Yeah, the uh, yeah any sort of competition, we'll call it five k, whatever. Yeah, once you once you get into the actual planning, organizing of it, it gets crazy, man. It's so much, and yeah, like you said, you need that team of uh, a good amount of people to get things rolling. But yeah, let's talk about this uh, retreat uh, idea. I think that's a great different uh, another revenue stream, right, that we can have, and a great service that we can do. Uh, have you looked at it, where to do what you do in Tennessee or would you go to another part of the country or because I think that can be an, I have a friend who does that she travels actually all over the world and does these yoga retreats and they're like 
I mean, it's a great, a great revenue stream, we'll say. So uh, what, what would that look like for you, ideal situation? What kind of retreat? Where do you think you'd do it? Um, how would you market it? All that sort of stuff. Uh, just recently, I found out that you can basically pick a vacation spot and do your retreat that way. That's how your friend probably does it. Yep. Uh, Airbnb. Retreat and then enjoy. Airbnb all day. <laughs> exactly. And uh, I definitely would need to team up with somebody, have a joint venture partner with that, where I would definitely help me pick a location. Uh, I would probably start local, maybe in the Tennessee area, because there are retreats in the Tennessee area. Yeah. Maybe either one team up with one of them first, and maybe then down the road do my own location where I would find a nice destination where people yeah. would go to market it and also have other people join me in there, have a different aspect, maybe have some yoga instructors, yeah. have some uh, Qigong instructors come with me, uh, do my presentation there on wellness and then offer like outdoor training yeah. and like nice meditative work. Yeah, I think awesome. Overall, I probably would definitely pick a location local and then they can expand from there. Sure, yeah. Yeah, I think that's great, man. I think that's a terrific idea. And um, especially pairing up with people that have other skill sets that, that aren't ours, you know, yoga uh, and uh, maybe mindset coaches. Is your focus now, Jason, moving forward, going to be on this corporate wellness, on this motivational speaking? Because you've been in the industry for, what's that, 20 years probably at least, right? Yeah. So, yeah, like uh, a day in the life now is way different than 2004 for you, I'm sure. So, like, uh, what's next for you? Where are you looking to take this business and grow? I, can, I know we kind of touched on a few of these things, but where do you see that going over the next year? I definitely want to get the motivational speaking going real full force to offer wellness. Uh, my goal was to do the motivational speeches and also have a book out. I'm writing a book right now nice. about anxiety and how I coped with anxiety and have all the tools to help people overcome anxiety. And I'm looking to really help people with anxiety that are uh, one, need for the mental, the physical, the emotional, have my program associated, wellness program associated around that, developing that program for them not to burn out and not to be anxious and not to be super stressed. A lot of mind, body, physical elements. I focus on eight dimensions of wellness. And I also have a podcast called Wellness on the Go. So I've been doing a lot of that, but it's all wellness oriented. Nice. And I really want to help people get fit at the same time, I want them to have lived their life, be happy, not right. just fit. So you'd be fit and miserable yeah, and still have that mindset. Like you work out all day long and then you you hate your job. Right. And right. it's, I'm trying to capture that environment where it's everything encompassing. Yeah. And I definitely gonna have always going to be training people, always going to be offering wellness yeah. services, but the motivational speaking to get motivational speaking to get them to understand yeah. it's important for them to work out. And offering online and in-person services, hopefully team up with a few other people that could help me out. Yeah. And that would be the yeah. goal. To serve others and to show people how to thrive. Like it's, if we have a six pack, it's great. But if we're miserable the other 23 hours of the day, it's not, who cares, right? It doesn't matter. Exactly. So like, yeah. To, and yeah, anxiety is obviously rampant right now in this country, I think. And I think fitness and wellness is like the best drug to help cure that, if, if you will, you know. Um, Most definitely. Very cool. So like, Obviously, we want to serve people like, as many as we can. Where do you see now in with the fitness space? Again, 2004, you know, we had the internet, but there was no fitness really on the internet, not much. You know, there was no Facebook or Instagram or TikTok or any of these things. Where do you see is the biggest way to impact the most people? Do you see it as, as creating this online platform, doing these events, uh, writing this book, podcasting? Is that kind of the future of fitness that you foresee? I think so. Yeah, I'm doing a webinar um, as well. I'm, I've been invited to do webinars and 
that's going to be a good way to get people into your fitness business. I yeah. think doing a webinar is awesome because you can do it real easy through Zoom yep. and attract people. You can even do free classes. I never said do too many free classes, but they said never do free, do discounted. But overall, I think the online platform is where I want to really grow because I think that's where most of the people I've, I've uh, captured is online recently. Yeah. And even you found me online. So it's kind of interesting. It's the Everything. wave of the future. It's not, not everyone likes online, though. Most people do like in person. Yeah, for sure. I agree. Yeah, I like the kind of hybrid approach, right? You still have the clients in person, but then we can have this massive reach. Maybe it's just messaging. Maybe it's coaching through this online platform. Um, so you just said you had a, a webinar coming up that you got invited to be on or that you're running? I'm actually been invite, invited to be on that. The group is called EIN, Entrepreneurs International Network. It's in Vancouver, Canada. Yeah. But it's all over the United States and Canada. Right. And they have me doing a webinar on August 2nd. Nice. And it's all about your uh, building strength and wellness to build your brand. Love, oh, that's awesome. And it's for entrepreneurs to build their brand, staying healthy to build your brand. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, that's kind of what we're doing here too. Same, same idea, like you know, how to build your brand, how to get your name out there. I wanted to go back to um, your podcast, uh, Wellness on the Go, right? So uh, I'm assuming the theme is similar to kind of what you're going to be doing on the webinar and what you, pre what you preach every day. Just talk to us about Wellness on the Go, what, you, what your theme is, um, what you're talking about there, what message you're trying to share. Sure. Um, the, the podcast I've been doing for a little over a year, and we focus on eight dimensions of wellness. Yeah. Uh, so what we do is we have different guests from all around the world talk about different styles of wellness, like financial, emotional, spiritual, economical, occupational, creative, uh, all the different aspects, how it make you a whole person. Yeah. And I'm trying to turn it into a TV show. I do live interviews as well in person. Yeah. And I use an RV. I actually drive around in my RV, either interview online or in person, either yeah. in the RV and I travel into the business. Like for instance, I went to a cooking place that does prepared meals. I interviewed them in person and yeah. then they made a meal for me and I took the meal home and uh, it was an awesome interview. I'm looking to go like, for instance, adventure parks or boot camp yeah. places or the Ninja Warrior places and be on the course and a videotape me on the course and show people what you can do differently. Very cool, man. I love it. I love it. I love that you have an RV too. That's amazing. Do you, uh, this is something I think about a lot because obviously we're both doing a podcast, right? Like anybody that you've, I'm always big with like, uh, who's influenced us, right? Any podcast that you listen to, any hosts you like, any people's style that you like, or I don't want to say mimic, but you know, pick up some tricks and tips from them. Uh, anybody uh, along those lines fit that for you? Yeah, I love your podcast. I was listening to it online. So I follow you right now, which is awesome. And uh, the fact that you're focusing on gym owners is really cool. Yeah. Um, I, I listen to Jim quick. He's about making the mind real healthy and the uh, he has a different podcast. It's more of a mental focus yeah. podcast. A lot of my friends, uh, for instance, I've been on a few parenting podcasts for helping parents fight with their kids, talking about wellness and fitness for kids because it's yeah. really high risk nowadays. Yeah. And um, also, for instance, there's quite a few podcasts I've been on. I've been on one that's called Awesome Attitude, where yeah. it talks about being awesome. And yeah. it's with Stephen Shaner, and he wrote a book called The Art of Being Awesome. So I love that. Yeah, that's awesome. I love it, man. I love it. Um, Jason, let's talk about back to the back to the business here. Body Express Wellness Solutions um, from clients right now. What are we are we at capacity? Um, if you had 20 new leads come in your inbox today, is that something you could even take? Just give us like the state of 
that side of the business right now, uh, the physical, like the training and the boot camps and the mobile piece, where are you at today coming out of COVID in the last two years of, you know, we'll say uh, a very tough road. Yeah, right now I'm regrouping. Okay. I, I got to say, yeah, I'm definitely regrouping. Like most trainers are probably regrouping. When I say that, 20 new clients would be awesome. Like okay. that would be a great <laughs> okay, good. opportunity for me to have 20 new people. And I'm trying to get them in groups now too so that I can actually serve more people and not just train. Because, you know, as an individual trainer, yeah. it's a challenge to train 50 hours right. and you have to be in 50 different locations. It's, yeah. Unless you're online, it's a total different right. world. Right. Right. But right now, yeah, I would definitely say 20 new clients would be ideal. Okay. And also making sure that I was able to schedule those throughout the, throughout the week efficiently because yeah. 20 new clients for most trainers could actually be almost full-time for some of them because twice a week 100 percent, yeah 40 yeah. hours you're, you're a full-time trainer for sure exactly yeah you know, like if you lose five of those it's like you lose a quarter of of your income which is tough that's always a tough thing with this business so it's awesome that you have these other revenue streams and uh pieces in place to, to you know make it for a in case that happened which you know obviously you hope it doesn't what, is, what challenges, so the goal, say, is to get 20 clients in the next year, we'll say. Uh, any big challenges you foresee from, from doing that right now? Is it the flooded landscape? Is it, uh, you know, people still maybe a little reluctant to go to a group setting? What's the biggest challenge that you face right now in your business? Yeah, I think the biggest challenge is the group setting or even the people still willing to come out and train. Uh, a lot of people I've worked with, it's funny because a lot of my clients, actually always have something heavy happen in their family, devastating happen in their family. It seems to be a trend. I don't know why, but a death in the family, their house gets flooded, their, their tornado took out their whole town. Like, <laughs> they're, all, they're trying to be hardcore for a long time. They have this devastation and they have to leave and come back. They keep messaging me. I want to come back and work out. I want to come back. It's just devastations that are happening amongst their family. Like, yeah. It's really challenging because some of my clients are older, yeah. And some are younger, depending. It just seems like it follows my clients. I don't know what it is. Right. But it's just bad things happening in our family where they have to stop for a while. And yeah. they've been working out with me quite a long time. That's the only thing stopping them. And I was like, oh. It's, yeah. Can't do much by that, right? I kind of, I get that sometimes with people coming on a podcast where the minute before, there's always this like crazy family tragedy that probably didn't, hopefully didn't happen, you know? But it's, it's, uh, it's very interesting. Jason, with uh, you being in this industry, I, I like to ask this question to people that have been in the industry for, you know, like, like us, 20 years, right? Uh, we have a lot of listeners that they want to open a gym. Maybe they're a trainer now. That, that's their goal. Like, we had to open a gym. Like, you know, something that was always in the back of my mind from high school, pretty much, right? What advice would you give to that person listening? Uh, you know, they want to start in this business. Again, it's a totally different world today than it was 20 years ago. I think it's probably a little harder now to get started. Um, yeah. Like I started my first gym with like $23,000, which today I would never do, you know? So uh, just uh, any advice you give them from your experience that, that it, maybe you made a mistake with or learned from just to kind of help them put them in a better place to succeed. Yeah, definitely. I would say first get experience, yeah. work for some place and get experience and learn how it works. Yeah. I didn't do that. I worked for gyms, but not long enough to really get experience of how the business works. Right. And one, try to find a team up with people. Like, for instance, I would say open a gym with multiple people, like different trades. For instance, you're going to share the space with a, uh, uh, for instance, maybe you have like a massage therapist and a person that wants to open a juice bar in your facility and say, hey, you're going to pay three quarters of uh, quarter of the rent, quarter of the rent, have a contract. 
that's 50% of the rent ready paid. Yep. And you got 50% of the rent. And then maybe you can hire someone else that comes in and says, hey, I'm going to just do occupational therapy or something. Right. And then use your space, but they pay a quarter of the rent. Then boom, you got a quarter of the rent left. Teaming up and opening up a space like that with multiple facets, I would think draw more people. And yep. also don't finance everything. Try to have some money behind you. Because I end up having to pay the money back after closing the gym down. Yeah, and yeah. twenty grand was left over, like you said. <laughs> and they wanted they wanted the money back then. They wanted all my equipment. I ended up selling all the equipment before even leaving on Facebook. Oh yeah, yeah, I believe it. And um, so I had to pay back the loan over ten years. Yeah, it's, it's, that yeah. wasn't fun. No, it's not. But again, yeah, it's mistakes we make as young business owners and kind of learn on the fly. And now we get to share that experience with young young folks and hopefully, you know, hopefully help them out and uh, you know not have to experience some of that stuff that we did. But I think experiencing that stuff that's probably made us better, you know, oh, yeah. in the long run for sure, man. Like I could tell a thousand stories too of like mistakes that I made. It's like, geez, the heck were you thinking? But it works out, man. Jason, I think that's a great place to wrap this up. Appreciate you coming on today, man. Where can we check you out for all your stuff uh, on uh, your social presence online, your website, your podcast, where can we find, where can listeners find you? Sure. If you want to go on social media, it's body express without the E X P R E S S W S body express W S. And now I'm on, on Facebook, Instagram, also LinkedIn, on Twitter, all over the place. And if you want to go on my website, it's bodyexpressws.com. And you cool. check me out there. And feel free to comment, share, yeah. uh, ask me questions, and I'll be happy to awesome, talk to man. you about that. Appreciate it so much. Thank you for coming on today, man, sharing your story about Body Express Wellness Solutions and everything else you got going on. We appreciate it, man. Thank you. You're welcome. Awesome. Thank you for having me. And I, it was a great time. You got it, man. And to the listeners, we appreciate you guys as well. Please hit like and subscribe to be notified for future episodes. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords, we are out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Launch Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is JJ Hernandez, and joining us on the show today is the one and only Curtis from Hit Fit Group out of Orlando, Florida. What's going on, Curtis? How are you doing today? JJ, what's going on, brother? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I appreciate you being here. Happy Friday. <laughs> Same to you, man. Yeah, and we're excited to have you on here. And before we dive in to the nitty gritty of what you have at HitFit Group, you know, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you describe the business to people and what made you get started in the first place? Okay. Um, and you want just insight or my uh, insight on uh, training uh, or just like the business of having a gym yeah, I, anything correlated with the business in, in that sense. Okay, um, definitely. Uh, I think that, you know, this is a pretty, if you're looking to be a gym owner or be in the gym environment, um, uh, as far as an entrepreneur, I think that it's uh, definitely uh, lucrative if your passion is there. Um, that's number one. I think that if you uh, enjoy training or enjoy uh, fitness or wellness, that it's um, definitely something that you should get into. Um, for me personally, I've been training for about 13, 14 years. Um, 
around that time frame. Um, I first got into it uh, kind of just being athletic. I was an athlete, um, Division One athlete. I ran track, um, played all sorts of sports. Um, but after um, I couldn't go pro for track, um, I ended up going to the military and kind of changed my insights on fitness completely. Um, I did a special warfare program. Uh, and the training uh, pipeline that I went through was one of the hardest things I've ever done in the world, like ever. Um, completely different from like football practice or, or track practice. Um, and that really got me really motivated to uh, up my level in training. So after I got out of the service, um, I really kind of um, turned my passion into fruition and I started doing training, got a few friends to do it at first, then got a few clients, and then made it into a business, and here I am. There we go. <laughs> what a story, man. I appreciate the honesty there, man, and the transparency. That's awesome. And yep. so to, to dive a little bit uh, deeper into the business here, you know, so how many members are you guys at currently? Um, now I have a, around 30, um, around 30. I think I have a pretty even split. Um, I have about about 17 virtual members and about 13 in-person members right now. Gotcha. Gotcha. And so um, if I became a member, right. And I was like, Hey, Curtis, I'm ready to rock. Like I, I want to get started. What would I have to pay to then become a client? Um, okay. So first I do an assessment. I um, assess your interests. Um, find out how you found out about us, see if you've ever done HIT style training before. That's not all that I do. I do strength training. I do performance uh, uh, enhancing training. I do athlete development, all those things. But my primary go-to style is HIT. So I, I'd like to find out if people um, have done high intensity interval training. I think that that's the most effective type. After we go through an assessment, um, I find out the frequency in which you want to train. If you want to train um, one time, um, you wouldn't really be a member. Uh, if you want to do reoccurring training with me, whether it be in person or virtual, then we do. Uh, you're more more at that point than you're on my roster. Um, and then we kind of etch out a plan for you, um, see what makes sense according to your goals. And then we just we just go at it. Yeah, 100 percent. And so to, to, to maintain the conversation here on um, on on clients, you know, typically for you, what has worked well to find new clients? Um, I haven't had, fortunately, I haven't had to do much. I, I mean, I really, I get really good reviews. Got really, word of mouth is number one. Um, when you know somebody that's lost, it, it, say your goal was to lose weight. Um, I have a few people that that's their goal. That's their primary goal. Some want to get stronger. Some want to get faster. Um, but if I have some people that want to lose weight, if you if you have a friend that's lost 20 pounds in 30 days um, and gotten stronger, you're going to say, you know, um, how'd you get there? What'd you do? And they're going to tell you. Um, and that's kind of number one. Um, my go to is just word of mouth. And then outside of that, I do a, a little bit of marketing, um, but that's more so to companies other rather than people. Um, I like to have people come to me individually if they want to train. My training style is not easy and I don't tell people it is. So I don't like to ask people to do my type of training. Um, uh, they got to really want it. <laughs> yeah, 100 percent. Yeah, they really do. And so, you know, in, in conversation here, and, and, you know, let's say leads were unlimited, clients were unlimited, 
hypothetically speaking here, what would be the maximum amount of clients that you could handle? You're at 30 now. How much higher can you go? Um, it just depends. Um, I'm at 30. And again, I, I have about 13 in-person clients. So the, and my frequency in which I train them is different. Some, some of my clients I train three times a week. Um, those are typically hour sessions. Some of my clients I train once a week. Some of my clients I do group virtual training. So in those sessions, I can have, um, you know, I can have 50 people in a session. Um, uh, some of my clients, they have virtual individual training. So it's all according to my schedule. I try not to overbook or um, do bite off more than I could chew. Um, on my on my most maxed out day, I'll have twelve sessions, um, running about an hour. Um, those are, that's been my busiest day. Uh, typical day, I have six to seven. Wow, yeah, yep. that's awesome. So I, I think yeah, that's 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 a big emphasis. But I'm glad that you understand that it is like a a very scenario based situation about how high you really could go. Because I think oftentimes people are just kind of like, oh, I don't even know how much I could handle. So the fact that you're aware of that is great. And then so, you know. Well, let's, I'll take a step back here from clients to talk about leads again. So now, again, now maybe I'll use myself again. If I came in and, you know, I was interested, but maybe not ready to commit, walk me through that client journey. How would you get me to get on board? Yeah. And then what does the onboarding process look like from there? Okay. Um, and that happens all the time. Uh, JJ. So some people are leery. Some people um, have trained their entire life. They haven't done hit style. Um, so I, I always afford or offer um, people to come try me out. Um, I think that that's the best um, approach to doing this style of training anyway, uh, to see what you're getting into, see uh, if not only the training style matches, but um, my coaching style matches, my personality matches yours. I think that's really important. A lot of people skip over that part um, in the process. Um, some trainers aren't good for people. Uh, they have a different type of mentality. Some people need encouragement and clapping the entire time. Um, and some trainers don't give that or do that. Um, but I would have you, if you want to train virtually 100%, say you're in New York and you want to start tomorrow, um, I would invite you to a virtual session. Those last about 40 minutes. Um, in my next group session, I would throw you the link and you just join in. I tell you, you know, we have eight rounds. We're going to go three sets every round. I give you a, a verbal uh, breakdown and then you just I throw you into the fire. Um, if you are, if you're local, um, I, I invite you to my gym, uh, my home gym. And um, I give you a day one workout. Typically, um, all my workouts are full body um, every time. And uh, at the end, you know, you, you will know if this is the style of training um, that you want to commit to. Um, some people get here and they're like, this is too much. Um, I'm not going to be able to do it. Of course, I will, I, I'm not going to give you a level 10 workout day one, but I am going to simulate what every workout would be, um, both virtual and in person. I think that that's important as well. And if you get an idea and you like it and you say, man, I got my butt kicked. This is what I need. Um, I need this accountability. Then um, you're on my roster. If not, then um, we had a good one-time session and uh, you find find another gym. <laughs> <laughs> I love the honesty there too. I think oftentimes, you know, people have to, or not people, I'm sorry, but trainers think that they have to prove their worth to their clients. The clients not have to prove their worth, but, you know, show that they're a good fit to work with you as well. You know, yeah. and it's very true that exclusivity does help in a way where it does make you seem more valuable. I mean, you are. Yeah. I mean, when I initially got into this, 
you really, I mean, I, I think this is a, this is um, similar to a lot of trainers. When they first get in, they're hungry. They're looking for everybody. They're trying to get everybody. And you kind of bend over backwards and do things. And, you know, um, and your niche isn't really the, the uh, most important or priority. Um, and you're kind of trying to tailor to everybody else. Well, you know, where I'm at now, you know, after training and helping literally hundreds of people have kind of identified uh, my strengths and how I can really be effective, um, most effective uh, for people and help people the best. And, um, and with that, you know, I kind of identify my style and, and I can quickly see if this is something for you or it's not. Um, and, and I think that what comes with that is a, a transparency and people will respect you at the end of the day, even if you turn them away. I love that. I love that. And, and so I'm going to ask a little bit of a longer question here. So if you need me to repeat anything, by all means, just let me know. Um, but it's definitely a good way to kind of self-reflect and, and, and kind of put yourself in the seat of where you want to almost interview yourself. So, you know, in, in fitness and um, in the gym industry, there's about three pillars of business we typically use. And that's going to be your lead generation, which is your marketing your client acquisition, which is your sales, and then your retention and ascension, which is keeping your clients longer, but getting them to buy more from you in that process. Uh, of those three, Curtis, where do you feel like you could improve the most? Um, I'd say marketing, probably. Um, again, I think I, I told you, um, I don't, with individual clients um, specifically, I don't, I'm not reaching out to, to people to market. Um, if they don't want to train, I don't ask them to train. Gotcha. Gotcha. A hundred percent. And I, I think that that's a big emphasis again, because I think you understand your, your culture fit and the actual community you're trying to build. So I, I do respect that in the case where it's like, you know, Hey, like I'm not just going to take on everybody. So, um, and, and last two questions for you here, Curtis, um, you know, I think this is a good one as well, whether it's short-term or long-term, you know, what's the bigger picture for you? I know you mentioned online, I know you have the in-person stuff, but what's the, what's the bigger picture? What are you trying to accomplish? Got it. Um, well, by end goal, I, I mean, as this thing has progressed, um, first I was strictly a in-person trainer and I was really close-minded with that. Um, when COVID came, obviously we had to change our approach. I had to change my approach and, um, then I tried online training. A few friends said I'd be really successful at that. I tried it. Um, I didn't want to do that. I didn't like the idea of jumping around in front of a computer. I didn't think it was so effective. Um, well, uh, we kind of learn, adapt, and grow. And it was really effective. I got, you know, the majority of my clientele is now virtual. Um, wow. I, can be just a, I can be just as effective virtually as I can be. Um, so you kind of grow. Um, if you are open-minded to things. So with that, um, I went from training 100% in person to doing virtual. And then I wanted to broaden and expand my horizons even more. So I went from doing that to group training. And then I started doing corporate training. Um, with corporate training, I learned that I can um, reach my goal quicker. I want to be able to affect and, um, you know, just help as many people as possible. Like we said, 30 people um, right now, there's a cap. That's a limit. If I do a corporate training event and, or if I'm, a, if I'm, if I have a contract with the company, which I'm starting to do, um, I can train 50 people at once. 
and I've been doing that. And so now I see my threshold go from, you know, working with my clientele specifically to working with Gatorade. I did an event for Gatorade, all their, um, their corporate. And so things like that, that's what I'm, I'm going towards next. Um, and it's, it's been really good. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the, the, the corporate stuff and the, the, um, the online, correct. Or more of the corporate. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah more corporate but I, it's still online as well i can do both yeah awesome awesome yeah i think it's that 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 you know you pull back on the time equity but you still mm-hmm. get the financial gratification as well and Absolutely. i think that's the biggest picture and it, that's i mean it's efficiency you're you're, you're as time goes on you become a more efficient trainer and you're not going to put your time out for for dollars because at that way it's, it's 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 the least efficient so i i love that and i love the mentality there i love how you're looking at the bigger picture so great stuff there curtis and last question for you and this is my favorite question to ask and i think it's a powerful one so uh take the time to think and if, if uh you know no rush to answer this one because it's, it's a great question and i think there's always a good answer here so Curtis, if you can go back in time to when you first started, you know, this business and whether, whether it was back in time to when you just started as a personal trainer or you just started as a gym owner, you know, I think um, either is totally fine. But, you know, what was that one piece of advice that you think you needed to hear? If you can go back in time and tell you that one piece of advice, what would that advice be for you? Um, I kind of said... One of my pieces of advice, I kind of said it, um, don't be closed minded. Don't be so closed minded. Um, I, I thought that I was just the best at, you know, doing one-on-one or doing in person. Um, and I've been able to touch and, um, bless a lot of people that I would never be able to reach. Um, in California, I have clients right now in California in Texas, um, in, uh, New Orleans, um, in Georgia, in, in Miami. So I have clients everywhere that I would never have been able to reach because of my pride and how, how in my thought process. Um, and so um, I definitely would tell my younger self, um, you know, be open-minded and just go for it. A lot of things, uh, the, 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 other, the other big advice is I, I kind of weighted with a lot of things I thought that I had to have this and I had to do this and I had and I think that a lot of trainers are like that um they feel like you know before I get a gym I have to have this and this and this you can effectively train somebody with um a yoga mat um and a slam ball uh you, you can do a whole workout with that if you don't have anything else you can you can um you don't have to have you know a gym membership you don't necessarily you want to be um, qualified, you want to have qualifications, but you can, you can start, you can start practicing training with people without qualifications. So there's a lot of things where I kind of said, I have to have this and this and this and this many people and this experience. And I have to have this before I even start. And then you stress yourself out and it's six months down the road where you could have, you know, started, uh, before. So I've done a lot of things where now I'm, now I'm, I'm, just going to jump into things so yeah i love that i love that talk about a mic drop there <laughs> <That's> <laughs> awesome, guys. like curtis i think it's a pretty good place to wrap things up on this episode before we sign out um curtis you know please it'd be a pleasure shout out your instagram facebook website where can people find out more about you and your gym and what yeah, you do <laughs> definitely 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 um i want to encourage you guys uh check me out i'm always on social media um 
Instagram is HitFit Group. That's H-I-I-T-F-I-T Group. Hit Fit Group. Um, website is the same, hitfitgroup.com. Um, if you guys are looking for a trainer, you're looking to just do a group workout, uh, want to try it out, um, you can give me a holler or you just want to follow my journey um, and see how I train others. Um, I post almost every day me training someone else or um, me doing uh, little things here and there myself. So uh, I encourage you guys to... Um, Give me a follow, reach out, don't be shy. I'm not one of those guys that won't get back to you. Uh, if you send me a message, I will respond. Um, so uh, I hope you guys uh, enjoyed me here. I, I thank you, JJ, for having me on. Yeah, totally. Like, we absolutely appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast. And I, I look forward to seeing what you can accomplish down the road. Seriously. Um, and, and to everyone who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to know to be notified about future episodes, hit that like and subscribe button. And if you want to come in and talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out. And our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, till next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up, right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords Podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. Welcome back, guys, to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we dive in the trenches with gym owners. We talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly sides of the business of fitness. I'm your host, Austin Montero. Today, we are joined by J Jason Prozac from Fitness 365 in Toronto, Canada. Jason, how are we doing, man? I'm great. How are you doing, Austin? Doing awesome. Appreciate you coming on and sharing your story with us, telling, telling us about your business, Fitness 365. I know the gym has been there what, uh, 28 years? Is that my math right? Which is... Yeah, scary, yeah, which is 20, 20, uh, 27, yeah. Yeah, which is 1994 is that long ago, which is kind of scary, but uh, it was. So uh, so this will be unique. So this is fun, man. So uh, let's first talk about, you know, I know you've been there for a while working in other capacities and then you purchased the business a few years back. So just tell us, I guess, your experience uh, with being there and uh, maybe the roles you've served and to where you are now and how you came to purchase the business. Yeah, sure. Uh, so I started here as a high school co-op student when I was 19, uh, 1997. So I started here just cleaning machines for free, basically. Yeah. And uh, I did well with that. And the current owner offered me a job at the front desk doing, making shakes and juice bar stuff and memberships yeah. and everything that applies. Um, and I kept doing that. I graduated high school, went to college for uh, personal training. That was a three-year program. So I was working here throughout those three years. Yeah. Once I, uh, once that finished, um, I started doing personal training and, uh, 
Um, was doing that here as well as the front desk stuff. Got offered a promotion to assistant manager. So got, I was a little bit able to get my hands into the kind of the business side of the gym. Um, yeah. And uh, I continued doing that as well as the personal training for years. Um, and then in right at the end of 07, um, I got promoted to general manager. So that's when I really got a lot more involved in the, uh, the business side of it, running the gym. Um, um, I was running it for the owners who were really not here that often. So I really got to have a lot of my say and how the gym run and, and the day-to-day stuff. Um, and, uh, and I was continuing with that in the personal training side. Um, and then in 2019, I was approached by the current owners at that point if I would be interested in buying the gym. Um, and so I spent a few months doing some fundraising and uh, was making sure I had enough money to not only buy the gym, but um, at that point, the gym was really run down. You know, we were 20, you know, we were open for 20 plus years. So it was time that it needed a lot of money invested into it if we were going to be able to sustain ourselves long term. So I knew that I didn't want to buy the gym um, and keep it as is. I, need, I, I knew I needed to have enough money to buy it and renovate it. So um, we were able to get that done, uh, raise enough money. We closed uh, December 1st, 2019. Um, we started the renos in February. And then in March, we got closed down because of the pandemic. And uh, so started March 17th we, of 2020, we closed. We were closed for... Um, you know, 14 and a half months. Wow. Uh, if you include, uh, we were closed for this past January for 25 days. So we were open on and off, uh, a long stretch closed from November, 2020, uh, reopened July, 2021. So that was our longest stretch. Um, the good side, the good news is we were able to get all the renos done. So we did a half a million dollar reno. We renovated the entire facility, um, lights, painting, uh, mostly almost everything we could do, new lockers, new showers, new washrooms, new HVAC, everything we could possibly do. And then we built a huge bar um, that ran across the gym um, as kind of our, our main focal point of the gym. Um, okay. Um, it, it served as two purposes. That focal point, obviously, we want a nice, welcoming area for people to come in, um, and then obviously, the, the selling more stuff at the bar helps. Um, but obviously, it the bar is runs the length, uh, the width of the gym, um, so that people can't be kind of sneaking in onto the gym floor and okay. stuff like that. So it kind of creates a barrier that way as well. Okay. Um, and uh, and so. Uh, we were lucky and so instead we were able to get the renos done without inconveniencing a lot of the members but you know on the downside being closed for so long you know we, we were you know uh, probably an extra hundred and fifty thousand worth of COVID debt um you know <clears throat> but uh, if we were to have if i were to have closed a month later into into 2020 we wouldn't have qualified for any of the federal subsidies here so yeah. Yeah. we because we were able to open in 2019 um officially under the new business we, we were able to qualify for all the subsidies and, and sure. that's really what kept us kept us afloat over those 14 months okay, okay. Yeah, so some so some yeah so some positive things there within a within a big negative you know which which is great now yeah obviously you're coming from a unique background where you've been there for a while and we're the GM for a while, so you, you know exactly what's going on. You know, uh, all the stuff with the business, all the numbers, 
just how was that uh, purchase experience for you, Jason? Like, how long was the process? Obviously, you probably had most of, of the due diligence already done, I would imagine, before you bought it. But how long did it take time? I know you said you wanted to, you fundraise because you wanted to make the gym, you know, bigger and badder and, and better overall. So what was that timeline kind of like? Well, um, I spent about a, a month um, while I was fundraising just doing a deep dive into the numbers because um, – the previous owners were, I couldn't say a, a mean thing about them. They're absolutely fantastic guys. And, um, but they were hesitant to change our, our, our membership model. So right. before, for, for those 20 plus years that we were open before I bought it, you know, someone could come in and buy a three month membership or a six month membership. And then obviously a one year membership, but we had no reoccurring billing. Uh, and um, that, and they were, they didn't want to change that. Um, and it, it felt that it set us apart. And I was, I, I fought them all through it over the years. And I finally decided to give up fighting with them about it. Um, but I realized that just by changing that over without yeah. adding a single new member, um, we would increase our, our, our income by at least 10 to 15%. And so, and I knew by just by doing that, even without the planned renovation and um, the addition of some new equipment and stuff like that, yeah. Yeah. we were then, a, so that, that just that would able to cover our loans, uh, loan payments and, and be able to service our debt. So um, that was, that was kind of the main, the main of my focal point and in, in diving into my energy and how much more money can we make by making the switch? I knew we would make more, but how much I wasn't yeah. sure. So taking the time into going into that and making sure that we were able to um, um, make it work was, was huge. Um, and, and the owners were great because they weren't dealing, they, they had other people that are interested, but through loyalty to me, they only negotiated with me. And, um, you know, they, they knew that I had been there for 20 plus years at the time and, and knew that um, they wanted to make sure it went to me because they knew that I would, I care about it. And they had, uh, they had higher offers from other people and uh, they turned down. So um, I, I, like I said, I couldn't have enough good things to say about them and they were really looking out for me. Um, and I had, I had approached them um, about a year ago and asked them just curiosity if, if, if I hadn't bought it, if they still owned it and we went through the pandemic that we did, if they would have kept it open and they said, no, the, the, the wow. gym, they would have closed it down. They yeah, wouldn't wow. have been able to, to carry it through that or, or, or even if they want, I don't even know if they wanted to carry it through that. Sure. So, sure. you know, it's funny kind of how things work, you know, that's for sure. That's for sure. Things. Yeah. I think, I think everything works out for a reason. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of pros and cons, right? Like what I was thinking about as you were talking is that model they had of like no contracts, you know, I would imagine lowers the value when you purchase it probably because there's not that, you know, I know when I sold my gyms, I didn't have contracts. So it's not valued as high as if we had it, right? That reoccurring revenue. So that's awesome. But yeah, for you now, having those new contracts in place, like you said, automatically raises revenue 10, 15% without adding a single person. So I think that's, I think that's terrific. Um, before we dive into business ops a little more detail here, Jason, you guys have been there for, what was it, 27 years uh, and some change kind of a community like linchpin right what do you what is what are you now trying to build there within your community with fitness 365 what is like the the overall theme and uh basically what you're trying to build there within your space uh, i mean we're trying to uh, you know we're a gym that we cater to more uh 
people who like to train and have a lot of experience training, okay. you know, so um, I wouldn't put us, you know, all the way over to like the golds gym type right. model. Um, you know, we're a little bit closer to the, on the, on the fitness side, but um, we're definitely uh, a lot more of a serious gym than, than your kind of LA fitness yeah. and plan and planet fitness and that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, when you're getting people in the door, that have a track record of being, you know, a gym rat or in the gym consistently, you know, that there does all your work for you in terms right. of retention, right? Sure. And the longer you're keeping people here, the more likely they are to, uh, you know, refer their friends or family, the more likely they are to buy training and stuff at the bar and, right. and, and things like that. So, um, you know, that's always been my focus is to, um, have a facility that will attract that type of clientele, you know, um, and, but being able to renovate the gym enough so that it's not intimidating to someone who's never worked out before, right. because right. that's where we were at um, before I bought it. We were too intimidating, um, a little bit kind of grungy and run down. And I, and we were not attracting that, those new members, right? Because okay. the thing with the new members is they're way more likely to buy training than someone obviously who's a lot more serious, right? Sure. So there's sure. pros and cons to every type of model. But for us, um, I wanted to make sure we could take the advantage of, um, you know, keeping the things that, um, that those, those kind of gym rats, those people that love to train, you know, keeping the things that kept, has kept them there um, and renovating the place so that we can now attract more um, of your newer, um, your, yeah. your newer members. That makes total sense. Yeah, I'm actually I just pulled up your website right now as we're talking, and I'm I see the picture here. It looks like you have every machine under the sun you could possibly want, right? Yeah, all yeah. the same color scheme. Uh, what brand do you guys go with? Is it uh, some Hammer Strength in there? Some yeah, uh, we got um, we got some Hammer Strength, some Matrix, um, yeah. but we have a lot of Atlantis equipment. Atlantis? Okay. okay, so. Uh, Atlantis out of Quebec, um, sure. you know, we, you know, there's a lot, uh, I would say about a third of the pieces here are the original pieces that were brought in in 94. So, we, you know, so we have that old school kind of yeah. raw iron uh, like feel. Um, the thing I like about some of the older equipment is you know, they don't make them like that anymore. You know, they're thicker not. rods, a thicker cable, you get so much more of a smoother yeah. motion oh, yeah. out of it. So um, I'm very hesitant to to um you know just kind of turn everything over um you know we have dumbbells that go up to 200 pounds so we have one of the widest selections of free weights in toronto um, um and then so uh, but we are still slowly turning pieces over here and there yeah. um you know we just brought in a, a hip thrust machine because that was a machine that wasn't really popular back in the 90s or early right. 2000s right so that's something that's taken off so we just brought in another piece uh, one of those pieces and then um, I've ordered a couple more pieces uh, now from Prime Prime Fitness, oh, yeah. so they're coming in. But uh, <laughs> with the, yeah. the the pandemic has not made things easy in terms of. Uh, uh, I think I got an eight month. I'm on an eight month wait for really? Prime Fitness equipment. Wow. Um, yeah, but then we actually just so what one of the things that we did uh, recently is we put up on Instagram to our members. You know, we brought in the hip thrust. What what would you like to see next? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You know, so we gave them some options and uh, about 50% of our members voted for us to have uh, some turf and a sled. And um, okay. so okay. Uh, we're going to convert one of the corners of the gym 
into uh, kind of a functional training area where we have uh, battle ropes and turf and sled and uh, you know uh, the big tractor tires for tire flips and yeah, and, that, yeah, yeah. and that so um, that's happening uh, next week Friday. Uh, we're going to create that functional space because that's something that's a lot newer now in the in the industry. You know, the last sure. five ten years. Um, um, which is really, I found been driven by the, the athletes, um, yeah. uh, you know, training for sport. So, um, that's, we were so much of a, uh, opened originally so much as like a bodybuilding style gym. So uh, I wanted to make sure I could cater to that side of the fitness yeah. because, you yeah. know, those are people that are still very much dedicated gym rats that love to train. Um, but that's something that we're missing. So if we're able to include that, um, right. it just opens the door for just another revenue stream for us um, yeah. from that same type of, uh, uh, you know, that market that we're already going after. For sure. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And markets change and the market matters too, right? Obviously we want to appeal to kind of what's, what's trending now. And yeah, that functional piece is huge. I love that you got the hip thrust. I love that you put it out there to the members, like what they want. I think that's a huge thing, you know, and they, they see us spending money in the gym on the equipment they want. I think that carries a lot of uh, conviction and so that we actually care and we listen and we, you know, we, we give a crap what's going on here. So, uh, so Jason, I think every successful business has to hit like three elements. One, obviously we have to solve a problem, which I think we've already kind of alluded to, you know, health, fitness, coaching, training, uh, providing the facility, and coaches there and equipment, all the good stuff uh, in Toronto, in the Toronto area. Two, it's uh, having a viable model, which we just touched on. But uh, let's go into that first for the listeners. Uh, what kind of memberships do you offer? I know you have the open gym, but what else does your membership kind of structure, billing structure look like? Um, so we try to keep it as simple as possible. So uh, we, we have a month-to-month membership and a one-year membership. Okay. Um, and so our month-to-month is uh, $49 per month. There's a $25 administrative fee, um, a $13 FOB fee to get going. Um, and then we just try to keep it simple. Uh, we do a month to month, you're billed every month until you cancel. Um, you cancel anytime, uh, just need 30 days notice. Okay. Um, and, uh, and then obviously you have your, our, our one year membership. So we'll give you, you save about $150 over the course of the year by joining up front. Um, so that's 4850 plus uh, your FOB. Um, and your taxes and stuff like that. So we have our two membership options. Um, you know, we give discounts to various uh, corporate discounts, big companies. Uh, you know, um, we call it, we have a 911 rate. So uh, police, fire, ambulance, um, uh, we give a discounted rate too. So we have kind of a couple of discounted rates, but we're majority looking at month to month or, or one year. Um, um, I didn't want to go into a 12 month contract sort of thing uh, with the month to months um, just coming from a gym that never had done that before was kind of doing the three month to six months um, and converting that over to month to month. I didn't want that hard hit of you got to be with us for a year. I didn't yeah. think that was fair to our, our members who had been with us for so long. So I wanted to be able to um, uh, set up something that people it was simple come work out as long as you want. When you yeah. can't work out anymore, come in and cancel. If you don't want to cancel, call us. We'll freeze your account. Nothing yeah. will be filled while you're frozen. So we try to keep it as open and straightforward, um, sure. transparent as, as yeah. possible. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I'm sure members really appreciate that. Have you guys ever played with or used like a, in addition to that, like a yearly equipment fee or maintenance fee or upkeep fee or something along those lines? 
Have um, you been there? I, I've never, uh, no, I've never considered that. Um, yeah. I'm not really against that, but um, when I look at that as a customer, I look at that and saying, you know what, that's, that's a money grab. Right. You know? and, and I'm not putting anything against other gyms that want to go ahead and do that. That's fine. Um, you know, you got to do you, but for me, um, you know, we're just trying to keep things as simple and straightforward as possible. And right. you show us your loyalty, you continue to come and we'll take the money and we'll invest it in, um, got it. Got it. Um, we'll invest into equipment yeah. as, as we see fit. Right. So, um, sure. given the lead time. So we're, what we try to do is that we're going to try and do this every, you know, six months, um, either twice a year or three times a year, depending on how things go and just, right. You know, put the notice out to the members. Hey, what do you want to see? Okay. What, yeah. what piece do you want to see next? And uh, and then what? And then we'll bring it in. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah, I appreciate that. And I totally understand that. Again, I'm sure people appreciate that authenticity because it is kind of lacking, you know, in this industry for sure at certain times. But so before you, I want to talk about your personal training side of this business here down the road a minute. But before we get into that, like part of that second element of being successful in business, any industry, obviously marketing, having a viable, viable marketing strategy plan. Uh, you told me before, Jason, you guys are pretty much your highest member number ever coming off being closed for over a year, you know, on and off, terrible, right? Tough, really hard. How have you guys gone about acquiring members, getting new members in the door consistently? What does your marketing plan and strategy look like? Um, so we're, we're lucky in the sense that we are, um, where we're located, um, we face the highway 401, which is, yeah. if you're not familiar with Toronto, it's the basic, the main artery of the city, the biggest highway goes right through. And we're at a part where it's a kind of a bottleneck of that, of that highway. So traffic is always slow. So yeah. people are always passing us and, and pretty much stopped on the highway in front of us consistently on a day-to-day -day basis. So we're lucky we have that as well. Um, but to be honest with you, Austin, um, the old owners were not really big into marketing. So they would kind of do the odd flyers here and there. Um, but um, it wasn't there. There was no consistent marketing whatsoever. You know, we would we sometimes go years without sending out a flyer or doing any yeah. marketing. So um, uh, for the first when we reopened in July after the big long being closed for about nine months, um, right. you know, I was I didn't even have enough money to meet payroll. Um, it, I, I was scared. I was scared shitless, sure, to be honest sure. with you. Um, yeah. We were lucky that we had about an influx of about 300 new members in the first two weeks um, so that we were able to carry that over. And then our government was doing, uh, it, it, you know, we, we had to, starting in September, we were only allowed to let in vaccinated members. Um, you know, we had to limit our capacity and things like that. So um, with all of that, I wasn't really 100% sure about uh, you know, Mark doing any mark. So really and truly, right. we haven't done any marketing up until uh, February. We started okay. this this year. Um, okay. We were going to start in December, but then they closed us for January again, yeah. and we lost we lost our our you know as in the industry, you guys know, January is our bread and butter, sure. um, and and we lost it again for a second year in a row. Um, so uh, I, I just came out of the gate swinging, and um, we opened January thirty first. I had and we just start we we hooked up with a new marketing company and uh, who could run our social media and design our ads and post them and uh, set up the drip campaign and do all of yeah. that. So we've started that now in February, and you know it's showing some results. But at the end of the day, um, 
you know, 99% of our members are here is just here through word of mouth, Googling us, um, right. you know, um, uh, seeing us off the highway, uh, yeah. you know, member referrals um, and that kind of stuff. So it was really mostly organic, that, that growth, right? You know, we had been here for so long. So we, we've, there has been a gym here in the community for quite, uh, for quite a few years. So um, we had that long-term kind of, Right. Uh, uh, you know, being uh, just having been here for so long, we were able to keep that going. And then obviously, you know, making sure we had the updated website to promote uh, all the things that we've done. Um, I had some stickers put up across the windows that said under new ownership so that everybody on the 401 and passing us by can see that. Um, So that's kind of, so the marketing thing is is still relatively new. So, you know, it's only been February, March, April, and now uh, we're going into our fourth month. Um, um, So we're going to keep it going because I think the main thing with marketing is you is to be consistent with it sure. you know if someone they, if they you know seeing the same ad um or the same business in their ad over and over again you know it may not be till the 10th or 15th time that they see it do they finally click on it and start moving forward with it so um you know i really wanted i knew how well we we were doing without any marketing um so i kind of wanted to see well if that's how well we can do without any marketing how well can we do with the marketing? So um, that's kind of the stage that we're at now. Um, So we're going to keep it going for a while and, and, you know, and see how it lands. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you hit on a lot of good things, man. Like obviously establishing the community, which is great, a good location right off the highway. People can see the gym. So everybody knows about it, which is, I think a huge asset. We're not down some back alley in a small town type of thing. And then hired a marketing company to work with. um, So are you, you are doing like Facebook ads, right? Instagram ads, these sort of things. What is your so far been like the return on investment there, uh, Jason? Is it like uh, normally like it seems to be like three to one is pretty good, right? Put in a dollar, we get three back type of thing. Is it kind of in, in that ballpark? Um, I would say um, right now we're probably about breaking even. Okay. And not and That's not kind of where I would love to see it. Obviously, I'd love to see it at the two to one, three to one, um, yeah. you know, but what we're doing. Uh, but like I said, I think it takes time. I think it takes yeah, time to yeah. build that up. Um, so we're going to, you know, I'm, I'm willing to stick with it okay. and, and because it's not hurting us. Right. Right. You know? um, the other thing that we're doing to promote and create new business. So back in, in um, back under the old ownership, uh, you know, every gym gives out a free trial. So we, we had this one week free trial where people could come in and, and if they've never been here before and they're a resident of the GTA, they can get the one week trial. Right. Um, we would, we had our membership cards for just a business card laminated with a barcode sticker on it right. that we could right. make here ourselves. So we could give those away. Yeah. And, but um, you know, when we switched uh, ownership and we switched our, our membership system, our membership types and billing and all that, you know, everything was changing. The renovations is basically becoming a new gym. So we switched over to FOBs. Now those FOBs are $3 a piece and to be giving those out is a lot more um, expensive. So I didn't want, I wanted to try to figure out a way that we could get that back off them if they were not interested in continuing so what we did is instead of offering a one-week trial we upped it to two weeks okay and said um sign up for the two weeks uh put your billing on file um if you do not want to continue with us come back in at the end of the two weeks return the fob to us and nothing is built 
Um, they get the entire two weeks free and now they return the fob and they can walk away free and clear um, uh, and no strings attached. Um, and so um, and that way we can give the member, the member might be a little bit hesitated to provide their billing info. So in exchange, we give them an extra week and we get the fob back if they're not continuing with us. We also are able to talk to that member at the end and say, okay, well, why are you not continuing with us? What didn't you like about the trial? Whereas that was something that we didn't get when we were offering that free one week because they would get it, they might be used a day and never come back, we never speak yeah. to them. So sure. we're able to interact with that member, find out why um, you know, they're using us and not using it. And we're able to track um, you know, the turnover. So we're currently sitting at a 58% conversion. So 58% of the people that um, start the trial continue into a membership. Sure, sure. Um, and, and so that's huge for us um, that we're able to, um, to offer that to let people try it out say, hey, listen, no strings attached, just come in. If you like it, great, continue. If you don't, just return the fob, walk away. Um, and, you know, so you're going to get those people who are kind of visiting from out of town and trying to scam their way in or just coming in to work out with their buddy who have no intention of joining. You're going to get those regardless, right, at any gym. But um, at least if we can, um, but what we, but by doing it this way, um, we are getting a lot better um, conversion rate. Um, we've set it up so people can buy the two-week trial or any of our memberships through our website, which right. we weren't offering before. Um, so we get some good turnout from that. So a lot of our marketing with the, the Instagram ads, the Facebook ads um, are really, unless we have a promotion going on at the time, is really focused on that two-week trial. Let's get you in, um, right. let's get you signed up, direct you to the website, sign up online um, and come in, pick up your fob, let's get you going, let's get you started. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then we offer, and then any, uh, if you buy a month, once you roll into the membership, um, you get a free personal training with one uh, session with one of our trainers. Yeah. And that gives our trainers the opportunity to, uh, you know, potentially sell training to that individual. Sure. As well. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love, uh, that you make them put their card down. So you already have the billing information, get that, get that out of the way in the beginning. I think that's huge. Um, it's like a lot of stuff you see online, like sign up two weeks for free, but you're still putting in your, your information on you know, an app or whatever. That's where I got the idea from. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it takes away that like pressure on the on the back end. It's already there. So I think yeah, I think that's really huge from like as, as just from a human psychology standpoint. And now you brought up PT, Jason. So let's dive into that, man. So obviously, we have members in there around fifty dollars a month. We want to try to increase average revenue per member. Personal training is probably the best way to do it. Um, what is your, so I come in, I join, I meet with the PT. What is the personal training department uh, broken down look like? Is there a head person, a head trainer? We've, How does we've, that we've experimented with going kind of both routes of, you know, for years we didn't really have a head trainer. Um, and uh, so we brought one in just prior to the pandemic starting. And, you know, it, it was unfortunate for him and for us that that, the pandemic and us being closed for, you know, it was like 14 months out of 20 months we were closed right. and it's so right. hard to kind of get that, you know, you sign a client and then you got to stop and close it. Right. And it was so hard. So, um, uh, what we've, uh, but the personal training side has been probably the most difficult for us. Okay. Um, I found right. to, to, to grow, um, and establish, you know, the, what I had meant, as mentioned previously, you know, being a type of gym that attracts a lot more of your uh, serious clientele, um, 
they're not they're not very likely to buy training right, right. so um so we're um so there's that aspect of it there's the other aspect that there's just a shortage of good trainers you know there, there yeah. is very hard to find a trainer that checks all the boxes you know like right. you got to know your stuff you got to have the personality for it you have to have that drive to go and find those clients and get them and close yeah. them you have to be personable you have to be likable you know um you have to be willing and then even if you check all those boxes then you got to be willing to come in and make next to nothing while you're building up a client base. And, and so it's very hard to find a trainer that is able to check all the boxes and then willing to do that. You know, you're gonna, you're either, you, you, the people you're interviewing are usually young and fresh and don't have a lot of the experience or you're bringing someone in who has the experience, but if they're not working somewhere else, there's some baggage, there's a reason why they're not working somewhere yeah. else. Because yeah. even if you're a trainer and you hate the gym you're at, and you right. can't stand working for the gym you're at, but you just spent six to eight months building up your client base right, yeah. um, with that place. Are you going to, how willing are you to leave that and start new at somewhere else? Even if right. you hate yeah. you're even if you're getting more money at the other place, you're still having to take that hit till you build up that client base. So that's been difficult. I think a lot of trainers are moving to the online model. For sure. Right. Um, you know, I lost a trainer just prior to us opening back up in July. Like he was our best trainer, and we had a he had a, a, as close to a full roster as you can have here. Um, and he's like, I grew my online side of the business while you got while we were closed, and it doesn't make sense for me financially. Like I make three times as much sitting at home in my Maybe computer than yeah. having to come down here and, and and dealing with people. And how am I to argue with that? You know, right. yeah. so, uh, you know, financially for the customer too, with the pandemic, people have, everybody's taking a hit financially. Yeah. So yeah. I think there's a lot of aspects to it as to uh, the challenging aspects to it, why it's, it's been so difficult to kind of get off the ground, but um, you know, we've just hired some new trainers. Um, yeah. We're just kind of starting to get some group training going. Um, to be able to apply, uh, be able to give uh, an option to some of the lower income uh, demographic. Yeah. Um, uh, and one of the other trainers we brought in is a former or is, is a, an IFBB pro. So, um, you know, that type of trainer is someone that can do well here, um, you know, because our members who are more experienced will look at someone like that and say he has something to teach me versus, you know, a 22 year old just fresh out of college that, yeah. you know, yeah. is about 120 pounds dripping wet and, and, right. and you know, it doesn't look going to happen. Yeah, not going to happen. Right. So, um, so, and, you know, we have doubled our personal training sales this month already versus right. April. So we are kind of starting to move and we haven't even started marketing these guys yet. So right. Uh, right. we haven't even had a chance to put them up on the website or, or anything. So, okay. um, um, so hopefully we can get it turned around and, and by the end of the year, we can, we can, um, um, you know, we can kind of double, triple our, our pre-pandemic personal training. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, it, you laid out really well a lot of the uh, challenges that come with PT, right? It's, um, you know, you said the clientele is a big thing. Uh, pricing is a big thing. That's why I love the potential small group model you're going to implement. I think like we talked about earlier, I like it's kind of, it's kind of right in the middle in pricing. So for a little less money for the client, but uh, as a trainer and gym, we can make more per hour. You have five, six people in a group. And then you mentioned, oh, you have this like experienced more like dedicated uh clientele and that's where bringing in the ibfb pro can be a, a, a big help 
Because I find that people more advanced, they need that coaching too. It's just they need to be coached by a certain person, right? Can't I mean, all the best top athletes in the world yeah, are coaches. Right, yeah. Um, best no, every, every person, regardless of your, your experience level, um, can benefit from, from having a coach. So it's just a matter of that person is only going to buy it uh, and invest in that coach if they feel that they can get their money's worth. Yeah. I lost it for a sec, Jason, but I got you back. Yeah. No, so, so I, I was just saying they're only going to invest that money into a coach if they feel they're yeah. going to get their money's worth. Right. And, yeah. and people sure. who are uh, more experienced um, have a lot higher, um, yep. you know, threshold, I guess, or for them to say, you know what, um, this guy is, I think I can learn something from this guy. Right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. They can be a guide for them. You know, I think it's uh, spot on hundred percent. So fitness 365, you know, we've been a community, uh, linchpin there since 1994. We're taking this business over. We're, we're growing. What's the five-year plan, Jason? Where are we going to be on May what? 17, 2027. What's the goal? I would love to have another location opened up nice. on the other side of the GTA. So okay. uh, the greater Toronto area. So, um, you know, Toronto's huge. It's growing. Um, you know, there is a, a lot of competition. Um, right. The pandemic has thinned it out a little bit, um, but there's still a lot of competition. But um, I think that there is a um, kind of an openness for this style of gym. Um, um, and so I would love to be able to expand into another location um, down the road, five, 10 years down the road. Um, um, you know, not that we've hit our, I, I don't think we've hit our limit here by any means. I think we still have some room to grow. Um, right. but now that things are more established here and we have kind of a, a consistent, um, level of income, right. um, you know, the focus is obviously paying down that COVID debt, um, and sure. that initial renovation debt and stuff like that. But also the, the, the goal five, six years, um, from now would be to open another location yeah. um, more if possible. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I love it. And I think definitely can definitely do it for sure. What is that the biggest challenge you face right now is just coming off COVID here, kind of getting reestablished, uh, was there any other challenges that major facing you right now? Yeah, I mean, the, the, a lot of the restrictions the government was putting on us uh, were challenging. Um, those have all kind of expired now. So we're okay. finally able, I guess it's only been the last two months where we've finally been able to be like, okay, there is no restrictions, you know, no more mask restrictions, no more vaccine okay. restrictions. People can just come and exercise. We not have to worry about whether it's safe or not safe. Um, so I think as that, um, that, stigma of the COVID is, is now slowly starting to wear off. You don't see it in the news every day. Um, and, and that fear factor that a lot of those new people were, were right. feeling. So I think we still have some room to go. We are still continuing to add uh, to our membership base every month. So we are still growing. Um, so I, my main focus for the next, uh, for the short term is to really uh, focus on the marketing, focus on the group personal training, uh, focus on the one-on-one -on -one training. And, and those are the aspects we have the most room to grow, um, you know, continuing to add equipment so that the members feel that we are continuing to add value to yeah. the membership base. Um, so those are my short-term kind of really areas I'm going to focus on so yeah. to make sure that we can still grow. Um, I think once the members see that you're no longer putting the money into the facility, that machines are staying broken for long terms of long periods of time and stuff like that, you know, that's when they start to get that doubt in their mind of, 
are they going to be around right so when you see that when you see that you know i i fix all other than the cardio stuff all the weight machines in here i fix myself so there's nothing weight machine related down very long um and the cardio stuff we try to tackle right away so when you walk around you don't see any out of order signs you don't see anything that's not working everything's clean they're constantly putting new money into the gym so that's really um i find is is your you have to do long term to be successful in any type of gym that that that, that, that you have but short-term personal training long-term um yeah another location yeah I love it, man. I love it. Love the conviction. I love the, the growth and the projections and uh, what you've created here. It's awesome, man. So I think it's a great place to wrap it up, Jason. Uh, telling it, appreciate you telling us your story about Fitness 365. And uh, we thank you for coming on. Where can the listeners check you guys out? Like your website, your social media? Where can yeah, so uh, uh, website is fitness365.ca. Okay. Um, you know, we're uh, fitness365t.ot on Instagram, uh, Twitter as well um and if you're in the toronto area we're located close to the airport um so come by we're open 24 hours a day 365 days a year so we literally we never close we you know christmas at, at midnight on new year's yeah. eve or christmas day at two in the morning we're open we're staffed um so if you're ever in the area come by check us out Awesome. We'll do. You guys are staffed 24-7. 24-7, yeah. I love it. I love it. That's awesome. Jason, thanks so much, man. We appreciate it. Best of luck. All right. Man. All right. Thanks, Austin. Take care, man. Got it. Listeners, we appreciate you guys as well. Please hit like and subscribe to be notified for future episodes. And until next time, Jim Lords, we are out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.